Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Kim Fox is a proven progressive reformer fighting gun crime, enacting bail reform, and expunging records from the failed war on crime are a few of her achievements. It takes more than three years to fix the broken justice system. Look at her record, not the rhetoric. Re-elect Kim Fox for Cook County State's Attorney. Paid for by Friends for Fox. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, March 13th is just moments away. But before we get into this, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this program. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, March 13th. And live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Romana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein. We welcome state rep candidate Nidia Carranza and the long-awaited return of the director of the Black Harvest Film Festival, the one, the only, Sergio Mims. And now your host, yes, the one and only. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Ben. Chicago Reader Oops. columnist Ben Jarofsky. Oh, sorry, man. I just got into it so much. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this cool, calm, collected Friday. And here's why. Because that's what I am, everybody. I'm cool. I'm calm. And I'm collected. By the way, can I just say I love that new opening. Yeah. But I just love that. Jing, 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 jing. We all know how it goes. Uh, we got an email actually from the fellow who made the last uh, intro that we had, Michael. Okay. And uh, he was upset that uh, we're not using his song as the intro. Michael, dude, I'm still using your song as uh, when we come back from breaks. Yes. Turns out that song that you just heard there has a lot of funk. Yeah. And ben is funky. <laughs> I'm stuck in the 70s, Michael. Just bear with me. Anyway, in addition to being stuck in the 70s, I am cool calm and collected yes correct everybody around me is losing their mind over the coronavirus but not me d uh-uh watch this quick in the draw but unfortunately i shoot with this hand uh, sorry that's a really bad joke from blazing saddles a movie from the 1970s which by the way are none of our um uh, the people who listen to us on podcasts will get because it's a visual. All right. The hand, one hand is steady. The other hand is shaking. Anyway. <laughs> I love uh, how you're admitting it's an <laughs> awful bit that you're doing right now. 
I'm full of off. Oh my God! Yesterday's. <laughs> well, well, let's not give away too many secrets on the Benderowski show. Uh, yes, indeed, everybody's losing their mind, and folks, uh, I'm losing my mind as well. I'm so worried. I'm like, every, I'm not going to pretend it's any other way. I'm worried, like everybody else, I'm going to get coronavirus. I'm washing my hands constantly. I'm put lathering it up with the hand sanitizer. Uh, Miles was so great. He came today and he brought extra wipes. And I want to give a shout out to Deb. What That's, up, Deb? What up, Deb? That's Miles' mom, my dear friend Deb, and uh, she made sure that Miles brought. God bless you, Deb. My wife and Deb, who are sort of cut from the same cloth, Miles, as you know, uh, my wife had said, bring the spray. You got to bring the spray. D, I forgot the spray at home. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. So anyway, God bless you, Deb. We're rubbing down everything, okay? Scrubbing it, rubbing and. Doing our rubbing and rubbing here on the Ben Jaronsky Show. Uh, some good news uh, here at uh, uh, the Sun-Times. The reporters and the editors are back. Uh, folks who listened to the show yesterday knew that we were pretty much alone in the building because they were doing a test run, right, D? The reporters and editors were putting out the paper from their homes. We had Ramana Hussein coming in and talk about that, uh, putting out a newspaper from your house. Anyway, they're back today. It was a test run and it worked. But apparently, I guess next week, they're going to go back to doing it from their homes until yeah. we get a little more clarity on the, the coronavirus and how, you know, uh, how dangerous it is. So, uh, that's, so I welcome them back to the building that I share with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, D, if it push came to shove, we would do our show on the road. I want to tell everybody that, uh, that we have the equipment to, to do a remote, probably from my, uh, my home in my room that overlooks the train and the alley where we can see all the teenagers smoking a reefer. And Dennis, <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> Dennis is like, I can't take another minute. I need a break. I'll be right back, Ben. Uh, right back. Don't look out the window. <laughs> I look out the garbage can. Whoa, is that Dr. D with a bong? Uh, <laughs> no, it wouldn't be a bong. It'd just be like a cigarette. But um, So anyway, we could take our show on the road, and I don't know. We'll see. I've got guests booked for the next two weeks to come into the studio so we'll just wing it pretty much like the rest of the world uh when we deal with uh, coronavirus i thought you know uh, so much scary news it it i take a break from it for the moment d and concentrate on local elections uh on tuesday there will be elections it's kind of like been overwhelmed by all the other news in the world uh the impending breakdown of civilization as we know it uh, no and uh, but yes we do have a uh, democratic primary uh, on tuesday March 17th, I intend to vote. Uh, but who knows, D? By Monday, they could have that canceled. You never know. But uh, I think I saw before I came in the studio that Louisiana had postponed its primary. Uh, so who knows? But right at the moment, we're uh, still having an election, and I uh, uh, plan to vote. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you my predictions. How about that? Take these, take these predictions to Vegas. Make some money. Don't, uh, guys. <laughs> you will be broke. Yeah. You know, he's absolutely right. But here's the first thing. What you probably should do in any election, if you want to make money off of it, see who I'm voting for and then bet on the person who's running against them. Because generally, D, I'm for the person who's a little to the left of center. All right. And more often than not, those are the people who don't win. So let's start with president. We're down to two. Bernie Sanders versus Joey B. Joe Biden. Uh, as we all know, I've been doing my rankings you know, remember I used to start off, you had to name five, and all I love watching our guests duck and dive and, you know, weave and bob. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, remember the one who goes, Bernie, 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 Bernie. Oh, what a duck and a dodge for cry, for cry, Pete. Come on. 
can do it. Anyway, uh, I, so for a while, I was, you know, Bernie, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Yang. For a while, Kamala Harris was in the Anyway, we're down to two. So it's Bernie versus Joey B. My number one choice, Bernie. Who else, D, right? Nothing's changed. But number one, since we started this. Come on, let's give a take a moment to give some credit to Bernie Sanders. He's f- freaking dragged the Democratic Party to like pushed and shoved. Come on, you guys. And the Democrats are like, we don't want to do it. We don't want to go left. We want to go right and worry about swing voters in Virginia. Nope, you're going to go left. So God bless you, Bernie Sanders. So he's my number one, and Joey B is my number two. And there is no number three. I know you're a huge Tulsa Gabbard fan, and uh, D, but she's... I can't even put her on the list. She's not really running. So anyway, that's my uh, top two. And I predict, unfortunately for me, uh, that Joy B will be victorious on Tuesday in the Illinois primary. It's pretty obvious to me, we've been talking about it all week, that the Democratic voters are consolidating around Joe Biden uh, because he is, the, in their minds, the candidate best suited uh, to defeat Donald Trump. As Bernie says it, says it uh, I, Bernie Sanders, he paraphrasing him here, uh, won the battle of ideas in this campaign, but it looks as though Joe Biden is winning the battle of electability. So uh, I predict that Joe Biden will be victorious. I also predict uh, that Donald John Trump will not be victorious. His performance is so wretched in the case of this uh, catastrophe that I don't know how any sane American can vote for him uh, for president. And I just say that, well, he'll get a lot of votes of people who have lost their freaking mind. So uh, that's how I view the uh, presidential race. Uh, In the state's attorney race, I will do my top four, right? Four candidates in the Democratic primary. I am a Democrat. Do you want me to go from four to one or one to four? You call it, D. Let's go four to one. Let's keep these listeners, uh, you know, listening. You know what I mean? Okay. Give, give away number one and they'll tune out. Yep. yep. That's that radio. That's He's good. You'd be screwed without me, Kyle. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. D. Hey, what are these on our head right now? Uh, hubcaps. Okay. They're called cans. <laughs> You're embarrassing us, buddy. Hubcaps. Even I don't know where that came from. All right. Number four. Number four. Bill the Bro Conway, okay? There's All the way at can- number four? <laughs> Remember, there's four candidates, and he's number four. Oh, my. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I'm having a hard time with that. I know there's a lot of Conway supporters out there, and you guys love him. Number them. four. <laughs> love his commercials. You love his haircut. You just think he's... Like, a lot of people... I live on the north side, you know, uh, of Chicago, and there's a lot... I've noticed that, like, people who like uh, Mayor Pete like Conway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he's a nice young man. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Oh, he's a nice young man. You get a lot of that in the, the north side of Chicago. Man, how could you be so critical of such a nice young man? I don't know. He's, he's spending daddy's money like 10.5. I have a lot of issues with this. His father is you know ran a private equity firm. Uh, they made money uh, buying up with munitions dealers, arms manufacturers. So they make bombs and airplanes and bomb people and stuff. Yeah. And that's the money he's getting to run this campaign. And that so he's you know he's using that money to uh, knock out of the box a black woman, Kim 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 Fox. I, I just have a hard time with it, folks. I know, but you know, I know I'm at a, I know I, most of the people that live around me on the north side of Chicago, a lot of them, he's such a nice young man. So anyway, Bill, uh, Bill Conway coming in just out of nowhere, running for state's attorney with daddy's money. It's not sitting right with me. Number three, Donna Moore, the pride and joy of Everson High School. Donna Moore. And uh, she ran last time. And, uh, you know, I think she's- Number been- three. <laughs> I think she's qualified to be state's attorney, but, you know. Uh, but uh, 
Uh, beyond that, nah, you know, it's just not really impressed me enough uh, to vote for her uh, over the incumbent. Uh, number two, Alderman Bob Fioretti. People, Ben, why would you put Fioretti number two? Yeah. He runs for freaking everything, okay? Well, let me tell you something about Bob Fioretti, about Bob Fioretti that you don't know, people. All right? Way back when, he helped me with TIFF stories, okay? I'm not the kind of guy to throw a guy under a bus. No, you are not. Stories. And he also, one time, a long time ago, I mentioned this in an article recently. Uh, we should do this uh, beyond the column. We should go back and take a look at this one. Fioretti uh, hooked me up with the Golden Jet. I don't think there's anybody in this room who knows what the Golden Jet is, but his name, that's Bobby Hull, one of the greatest hockey players of all time. He was one of my heroes when I was a kid growing up. And uh, thanks to Fioretti, I had a phone conversation with him. So, you know, Fioretti, I'm not going to throw you under a bus, all right? So you're my number two. And number one, Kim Fox. Come on. Plus, I kind of feel responsible for him. She was sitting here in the studio, and she said a naughty word, right? We're not going to say it because Dennis won't let me swear. But it begins with an S and ends with a T. And if we were the Tribune, we would go S, and then we'd go dash, dash, T. And And if you were just anyone normal, you would say BS. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why are you making it more difficult than it needs to be? Because I like how the Tribune does it. The Tribune spells it out. You know, I respect the Tribune. B-U-L-L-S dot dot. No, I think they do the H and then the dot. Whoa, really going on in the limb there, guys. Huh? The uh, She said that on the air, and then uh, Conway used some of Daddy's money to run a campaign uh, ad against her, attacking her. More North Side people come pen. That was really offensive that she said that on your show. I'm really offended by that. And I just don't think it's appropriate that a, a, a leader talk that way. And can't we have better leaders for our offices? A lot, a lot of reaction like that on the north side of Chicago, D. So uh, anyway, so I feel like oh, this is so unfair. Half the people saying that when they're at home are dropping the F-bomb lift. Get that beep out of my driveway. So anyway, Kim Fox is number one. Now, you, you asked me to make predictions in the third congressional. I don't get to vote in that race. Uh, but that's the one where uh, Danny Lipinski uh, rematch against Marie Newman. You know what? Just going to go out there on a limb. Marie Newman's going to win. How about that, D? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to bet with my heart. I want her to win. Uh, she's the most progressive of all the candidates. Uh, and uh, she's a proud defender of a woman's right to choose. Danny Lipinski is perhaps the most adamant uh, opponent to abortion rights, so I'm f- rooting for Marie Newman. And so I'm just going to predict her to win just because I want her to win. How about that, D? And then you asked me to do the 12th state rep seat on the north side. This is one of our favorite races. This is a race where there's probably going to be no difference whatsoever in the voting records of the people who uh, who win because they're all going to vote the same way. And uh, good liberal, safe district. They could be the most radical. They would have the freedom to be the most radical politicians in the world. But of course, they'll be basic mainstream Dems. You got uh, Jonathan uh, Yoni Pizer versus uh, Mark. Margaret Croak, uh, and uh, Pizer is technically the incumbent because Sarah Feigenholz, who had the seat, was elevated to state Senate to replace uh, Dennis's favorite politician, John Cullerton. The vacancy was filled by uh, Pizer, so he's technically uh, the incumbent. But I'm going to go with Margaret Croak winning. Why not, D? Huh? I'm going to go with you know, She's got those commercials running all the time. Uh, J.B. Pritzker's giving her a lot of money. People like I like Pritzker these days, D. He's done a hell of a job, man. Pritzker's killing it these days. When I think about how responsive he's doing, just the way he handles the coronavirus, 
situation the way he, he's just more reassuring uh than trump and he's focused it seems like he, he he's like in a very responsible even-handed manner uh trying to give out basic information and of course he doesn't have the, nearly the authority or the power of president trump who's just out to lunch on this thing so anyway i guess uh it's easy to be look good when you're compared to donald trump but uh good job jb pritzker so there you go he supports croak I think she's going to win the race, huh? There, so those are my predictions, D. Oh, and everybody's uh, writing them down. They're right. ready to go to the ballots now. No, no they're, they're, you hear all those cars? That's all the people driving to Vegas to get their money. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got a great show today. Uh, Ramana Hussein will be in here. She'll talk about, uh, I'm sure she'll be talking about uh, coronavirus, working from home, and we'll be uh, picking apart Donald Trump's speech from yesterday or from Wednesday. Uh, Nidia Carranza will be here. She's running for state rep in the third uh, district that's Louis Arroyo's old seat and uh, interesting that's the one where the Dems got together and uh, inserted Eva Dina Delgado uh, to be the state rep after Louis Arroyo had to step down because he was indicted got in trouble in a bribery scandal and guess who had a hand in picking Eva Dina Delgado Louis Arroyo how about that Chicago politics always entertaining in the face of apocalypse uh, Chicago politics always entertaining uh, and Sergio Mims will be here, uh, the co-founder of the Black Harvest Film Festival. He's got a lot of uh, political predictions he's going to make. He's going to unveil his prediction as to who Joe Biden's running mate will be. Uh, but beyond that, he's going. we're going to make recommendations. You guys are going to be uh, uh, sitting inside a lot over the next week or so. And so you're going to be watching a lot of movies. Nobody knows movies as well as Sergio. I can tell you that right now. Very knowledgeable guy. So we'll go through some of the, the, the great scary movies, election movies, just comedies, maybe you need some laughs. Last night I was watching Larry David, D, to kind of cheer me up in the face of everything. By the way, it kind of worked for at least an hour watching that guy. So uh, Sergio Mims will be here before we do any of that. The young man from Alton, the man they call the doctor, with the news. Hey everybody, how's it going? I'm Dennis. Happy Friday. Oh, Ben, uh, before we get going here, we got a uh, question on the live stream chat. Shout out to Pat Rod. What's happening, Pat Rod? Pat Rod asks... Who does Ben like between Quigley and Burns? You know, uh, well, Quigley will win the race. Uh, they run well, to Vegas. Inform but, everybody of who these people but are. But I would go for Brian Burns. Uh, he, I always like to push my Dems to the left, and he's running to the left of Quigley. And he uh, uh, ran into my wife yesterday uh, somewhere. Oh, at Trader Joe's. Was it at Trader Joe's? Yeah. How did you know? I, got, I saw uh, the tweet. He tweeted it. <laughs> Well, if you just read that Twitter page we have. Yeah, and uh, he's a big fan of the show. So right there, I'd vote for that guy because he's a big fan of the show. And who's Quigley? Come on, Mike Quigley is the, the congressman of the 5th Congressional District. But you know what? That's a good question. He's been congressman since, oh my goodness, can I do this? 2009, when Rom stepped down uh, to be the White House chief of staff for Barack Obama. Uh, he's basically a centrist Dem. Uh, before that, he was Cook County Commissioner. You know, I like Quigley. Uh, he's another guy that I worked with on many stories back in the day uh, when he was Cook County Commissioner. And for a moment, he was a TIF reformer, and I appreciate the efforts he uh, did on that issue. Uh, for a moment, he was thinking of running against Daly in 2007. I wish he had run against Daly, but uh, he 
Probably took a look at the polls and showed that he couldn't win. Anyway, that's who Mike Quigley is. There you are, candidates. If any of you are listening and you're a candidate, uh, just run into Ben Jarofsky at the grocery store and you might get his vote. How about that? All right, for the fourth and final time this week, what do you say we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon? And what do you say we keep talking about these local primary elections? Shout out to WTTW Chicago. (laughs) They had themselves a good old-fashioned candidate forum last night. Uh, Featured were all four of our Cook County State's Attorney candidates, State's Attorney Kim Fox, Bill Conway, Donna Moore, and Bob Fioretti were present. WTTW's own Paris Schutz was the moderator. Mm -hmm. And well, if we learned anything from this forum last night, it's this. My God, people love talking about Jesse Smollett. (laughs) Oh, and after this thing went down, parachutes definitely needed a drink. Well, we're getting too much, too much, too much in the weeds here. I, I want to go back, you know. I want to go. One second, please. I just want to go back to the issue that we started with. Oh, guys, come on. <laughs> I always have this. I've watched him in uh, several uh, situations like that. Parachutes where people are arguing and fighting, and he's always like, "Calm down, calm down." I always have this image of him like pulling out a flask. Oh God, these guys are insane. <laughs> well, I remember when we uh, first started doing the show, you know, before you were fired. Oh, yeah. uh, he would always have. Have Rahm Emanuel on Chicago tonight, and boy, just the look on his face like, get me out of here. Having to interview Rahm and listen to that BS, oh my God. If you look closely, <laughs> Parachutes is applying to other jobs. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee sounds good. <laughs> all right, Ben Jarofsky, and who would have thought, who would have thought that after all of these years, of you working in Chicago media, that the time Kim Fox came on your podcast and cursed would go down as maybe your most famous moment. I just can't believe it. You know, I mean, it's only, I've been only been doing this for 40 years. <laughs> it's the first time I ever got put in a commercial. That was the first thing that came up here in Chicago tonight was BS Gate. A lot of issues to get to, but I do have to address the issue that has dominated this campaign. Sure. A judge saw fit to appoint a special prosecutor. The candidates here have questioned your judgment as it relates to this case. Can you explain your comment that the attention on Jussie Smollett over the last year has been, quote, BS? Yeah, I think when we look at the history of the Cook County State's Attorney's Office and the criminal justice system here in in Cook County, the fact that we were known as the false confession capital of the United States, that we have the history of wrongful convictions, almost a billion dollars spent in police misconduct cases, as well as, uh, you know, a high homicide rate and the like, that the attention on a nonviolent low-level offense for almost a year dominating the conversation when, not to say that people shouldn't care about it, but the attention, the millions of dollars that have gone behind trying to keep this at the forefront while not addressing the other issues of our criminal justice system seems disingenuous. All right. Uh, first of all, Paris, could have given me a shout out for crying out loud. Uh, your quote. And by the way, quote BS. It wasn't, she didn't say BS. Ben, I can't say what she said, okay? It's WTD. <laughs> To quote, you don't go quote BS if the quote is not BS. All right. Anyway, that's a minor point. Shout out to that show, Weird Guy and Bald <laughs> Douchebag. Uh, they're awesome. In the room by the bathrooms. Yeah. I One believe time, that's what it's called. Remember 
One time we booked Paris. Remember that? To come on the show? Oh, yeah. And now you're going to talk about uh, <laughs> the time we booked Paris and he, he didn't come on. He couldn't make it. He was busy. I don't know what he was doing. Well, I know how to not get him on the show. <laughs> Mention Ma- it. Ramon Hussain has entered the room. Ramon Hussain has entered. It's appropriate because Ron and I don't see completely eye to eye on this thing. I think uh, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, Kim Fox that our obsession with Smollett Gate is utter BS. Uh, and I say this as a person, admittedly, it's just a confession time. I am obsessed with it. I I talk about it nonstop. Uh, You're more obsessed with it than I am. I'm just <laughs> big time. <laughs> big time. Yeah. So, by the way, do you want to? If you want to put a napkin on that, feel free or a tissue oh, on that. Get, I don't want know. to be like the Utah jazz player. Yes, Rudy. So, uh, well, I mean, it's your it's your call. I'm okay. You're, you sure? Okay. I don't know who used that mic. We wipe. We wipe the. Wipe we wipe oh, it okay, down. Okay. All right. We're good. Uh, but um, anyway, so uh, just looking out for my guests as always. Uh, so yes, I am obsessed with Ramon. Is absolutely correct. Uh, that said, my obsession, I admit, is. A largely because it's such an entertaining diversion from what really matters uh, in the criminal justice system, which as it, we anybody knows who listens to conversations between Ramon and me over the year, over the months, knows is just so depressing because it's one horrific story after another. So this meaningless diversionary tale uh, about a celebrity a, a B-list celebrity, I find entertaining, and uh, but it's I don't think it should be the reason somebody drives uh, Kim Fox out of office. Even though most, almost all of my North Side neighbors seem to disagree. Ben, I think you should be really, you know, you're being too nice to her just because you like her. I, I just think it's not that important of an issue. Sorry, that's how I view it, D. All right, I got a lot of clips here of uh, the state's attorney forum on uh, WTTW. What I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip of each candidate and then we'll go to break. How about that? All right, and then we'll get Romana's uh, thoughts on them because she covered uh, criminal justice issues for many, many years for the Sun-Times. Excellent. Here's Donna Moore talking about what else? Smollett Gate. I, I think that what the issue is, is that this case was indicted, 16 counts, three weeks later it's dropped, and we never heard from Kim Fox about why the case was dropped. A special prosecutor determined that there was evidence to indict the case, and the second part of his determination is whether or not there was wrongdoing on the part of the state's attorney. Before the special prosecutor was appointed, Ms. Fox could have stood up and told us all in Cook County why those charges were dropped, and instead, She's facing down potential criminal wrongdoing. All right, coming up next, it's Bill Conway, Ben's favorite. Here we go. (laughs) Mr. Conway, is it disingenuous to focus so much on one case uh, and not on thousands of other cases being prosecuted? This is, you know, you can't have a two-tier criminal justice system because you can't have criminal justice reform when the politically connected get one deal and other people get another. And not to mention we have a situation where the current state's attorney giving politically connected people seems to be a rite of passage in her office. As a fact, we saw the fact that uh, she held a fundraiser at Ed Burke's home and then shortly after she got in office gave him a $2 million property tax rebate. And that is not, we can't have that kind of politically connected people getting special deals. All right, and finally here, this is not his first rodeo, Bob Fioretti, all right? It's like his 50th rodeo, he loves running. <laughs> he knows that if you're gonna get in on this thing, if you wanna talk, you gotta interrupt people. So Bob Fioretti weighs in as well. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, they, they memorize their lines, they tell the people the same thing over and over, these three. And I have to, uh, when you're looking at what happened here, uh, Kim took a phone call. You know, and yes, uh, from somebody politically powerful. But she also This is from Tina Chen. Yes. From the chief of staff to the former first lady. Yes. But she's lied to the public about what she did. She lied to uh, her impressions of the case. She has always done uh, 
covering herself throughout this whole uh, morass of what has happened, and it's unfortunate. All right, Ms. Fox, I have to give you a chance to respond thing. to a lot of things. Absolutely. So he's saying you lied about this case. Is Absolutely that not. And to be clear, when we talk about disingenuous, Mr. Conway, who you introduced as being a pro bono lawyer, went out and found someone to bring in to his campaign um, by finding a client. The fact of the matter is he can't decide which way we're going here, that this office has taken a stance on nonviolent, low-level offenses where we were using diversion, thousands of cases, and he knows that. All right, uh, we'll, take a, we'll take a break. Be right back with Ramana Hussein. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicago. How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Hey, D. Yeah? Did I tell you that the Ben Jarofsky Show is sponsored by Rattleback Records? No. Well, it is. Rattleback Records at 5405 North Clark Street is Andersonville's full-service record store. Hey, D. Did I tell you it was voted one of Chicago's best record stores in the 2019 Chicago Reader Poll? No. Oh. Well, it was. Wow. Rattleback Records, 5405 North Clark Street. Used and new LPs and 45s. They got CDs, DVDs, books, gifts, and much more. For more information, contact them at rattlebackrecords.com. That's R-A-T-T-L-E-B-A-C-K records.com. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ramana Hussein comes into the studio every Friday from the Chicago Sun-Times. She's, uh, I would say, the editor of the Sun-Times. You're not no. the editor of the Sun-Times. No. Uh, but uh, she should be a columnist, in my opinion. But, you know, nobody really asked me, Ben, what's your opinion of how the Sun-Times? Nobody asked me my opinion either. Well, so. I think you I should, should be a I should, I should write more. You gotta, people don't realize about Ramana until they hear on the show. She has a lot of opinions. No, no, no. Everybody who knows me knows this. Yeah, and so that's, like, you need opinions when you're a columnist. It's, like, number one requirement. Anyway, all right. Speaking of opinions, we played you uh, uh, those excerpts from last night's debate, which was, like, a very entertaining wrestling match. Yeah, for and obviously Jesse Smollett is one of the um, cases that come, I mean, the one of the one of the issues, and it becomes the issue, and I think that's what a lot of people on find problematic people who really like Kim Fox are like that shouldn't be the central issue that we just talk about I think it's fine if they talk about it but I agree it shouldn't be the only thing that they talk about and then you know and then a lot of people say Kim Fox acts like it's no big deal by saying it's BS or I know she said the whole thing to you to you guys so the, I'm not right in that chair <laughs> she said the but one of our editors was just joking they're like they're like you know for they're like next week it's going to be doo-doo because she like made it she said the whole swear word then you know she for us she's cleaned it up a little yeah. bs and then she goes he's like next week it's going to be doo-doo it's going to be sanitized wait time out was that the same editor who wrote this incredible headline gathering no momentum in today's bright one no 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 no. Oh. it wasn't the same i mean it could have been because the same editor comes up with a lot of good headlines in addition to the uh the um guys who work on the copy desk got it that's a good that's so, pretty funny headline gathering 
Sorry, yeah. no momentum. Uh, anyway, sorry, cut you off. Go on. Um, so anyway, um, I do think it's an issue, but I don't think it's the only issue. So I do agree with you, but I do think that you're more obsessed with the Jesse Smollett I story am. than I am. That's correct. <laughs> there's, there's definitely, I mean, I can tell you just being from the newsroom, I mean, it's a story that everyone eats up. So... I know a lot of people say they don't care about it, but I think people do. I mean, even even in the office, uh, you know, even when I think it's an incremental step in the case or like, you know, when we still like our, our, my boss will be like, no, we're doing a story on it. These stories do, you know, well on the website, they get a lot of hits. So I'm just telling you, people do pay attention to it. It is, it is interesting, you know, in the age of Trump in the allegation, you know, the things that Jesse Smollett alleged, and then, you know, this being, you know, an alleged, you know, fake, you know, report it. I think it brings up a lot of sentiments and, you know, you have the entertainment factor. You called him a B-list actor. I don't even know if he's a B-list actor. I mean, nobody knew who he was right? <laughs> until I, I, I don't know. Sometimes you can call him D-list, D-listers, but I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to make fun of him, but you know, his sister's a very famous, not very famous, but she's famous. I know who she is. But <clears throat> so when I heard his name, I thought, oh, he must be Gurney Smollett's brother. So anyway, I didn't even know that. All right. So let me ask you this. Put the hard question to you. Which story is more significant? Significant. I can't even talk. Significant. Jussie Smollett gate or Ben Affleck's breakup with uh, what's her name? Jennifer. uh, But Jennifer, that's been a while. Yeah. Jennifer Gardner. But they're getting back together. No, 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 they aren't. Last week they were talking about. No, it. he was spotted I, with the actress from Knives Out. A I'm few days devastated. Ago. I was like, I, hey, who was, do I believe more? Ramana <laughs> or no, ben? no. When it comes to pop culture, <laughs> I know more. Go with, he, wait, he, wasn't they in Cuba? Wasn't they, they were in Cuba with the the? the no, act- that wasn't Jennifer Garner. That no, was the other the actress. actress. Yeah. Yes, yes. See? She's Cuban. She's a cute. You know, she's from Cuba. I would argue that. Uh, Ben Ben's love life, let's just put it that way, is of greater significance than Smolicki. But anyway, I you know he's not he's not like um, it's not like the early the late nineties with when him and Matt Damon were the hot things. They're not that. Which one would get that, more hits if you write a story about it? Ben's love life or Smolicki? Smolicki. All right. Uh, but what really bothers me, and I just would love your thoughts on this. I I'm barraged by. I live on the north side, and so many north siders come up to me, and they're like. Ben, you're not taking this seriously enough. This is a very important. Yeah, I think a lot of people do think it's a big issue. But yeah, I think there is a divide. I mean, maybe in certain neighborhoods, people are like, why is this a big deal? There's so many other things going on in our neighborhood. I'm assuming you're living in a more affluent, affluent, (laughs) white. (laughs) Yeah. Neighborhood. So, yeah, I take it serious. I think, you know, there are probably our neighborhoods in, in the city of Chicago where people are like, seriously, this is like the one issue that you're worried about. And so it, it, it is interesting. I think it's a, like I said, I'm, you know, it's not like I was raised in a, you know, a struggling neighborhood myself. So, you know, sometimes I wonder too, am I, am I getting, you know, am I asking the questions too much? I just think as a journalist, I think everybody should be held accountable. And I find like people who say that it's not a big deal, like they're fans of Kim Fox, which is fine. But if you're a fan of someone, does that mean you never hold them accountable for anything that they do? Well, I, I, I just, I just, I, I mean, are you supposed to say that, okay, we're never going to invest What do you think that there should be no investigation as to what exactly do happened? I think wait, time I on. think, you know how they have like the different uh, mm-hmm. inspector generals, a Cook yes, County inspector yes. general, and then we have a separate, yes. maybe I think that might be like, oh, there's one, too many Over internal, in, internal investigations. <laughs> I would, I would think that there would be one, but I'm just saying like, you wouldn't think that 
you do you think it should be been investigated at all by anybody or do you think we just should turn away from it just say okay let's I let think, it go i think uh there should be an investigation. I think it's pretty obvious at, at the very worst what will the investigation will show. She took a call from powerful people uh, and she acted accordingly by uh, letting the guy go. Now you could argue, when you take a look at what he did, you could say, well, you know, that's, it's by no means anything coming close to the worst crime that was committed last year. So letting him go with a slap on the wrist, like she did, is not the end of the world. We are now heading into our third investigation. At some point- No, I agree. At some point, people have to start looking at what are the motives of the people calling for all the investigations? And why do my neighbors on the north side, are they so upset about the fact that Jesse Smollett might have gotten off with a slap on his wrist, but they kept voting year after year for Mayor Richard M. Daley, <laughs> even though when he was the state's attorney, he was looking the other way while they were torturing black suspects. I just want to know, I just- Well, I, there, there were reporters who turned their, the other way. So my point happened. is- So I'm just saying it's not, yeah, there are, you, you are raising good questions. And everybody should saying. look in the mirror about like what they consider a really important I, I compare it to a good celebrity story. And I love celebrity stories, as you know. I, I do too, because I, I follow that stuff. I know we're both but. obsessed with them. <laughs> um, so I've learned, one thing I've learned uh, from Rana Hussein over the last year is never ever ask her who she intends to vote for, because she's not gonna well, tell me anyway. No journalists are gonna tell you that. Oh, uh, that's not actually not true, off the record they would. Really, but, maybe uh, you would. Uh, yeah. I've, because of the columns you write. Well, I've already done my, so here's, I, I'll just share this with you, because you weren't here. My top four, the way I rank them, and I'll go from four to one. Four, Conway. Uh, three, Donna Moore. Two, Bob Fioretti. And I say that. Two? Oh, the guy helped me and your husband when we were, when we were doing tip stories. So I'm loyal. I think. And number think, one, Kim Fox. I just wonder who advises Bob Fioretti. Just, I, I'm just saying as. <laughs> to run for all I these just, offices. Yeah, I was like, at some point you would think someone said maybe can give it a rest yeah. but i don't know he, he's he's allowed to i forgot that he was in the race when he said four i was like who's <laughs> you know fioretti's in the race so uh yeah and it'll be, uh, i if i was going to predict who was going to win today i would still say kim fox well i'm i agree with you um little concerned about the impact the coronavirus will have on turnout yes i do too because uh, you know now the um the um the what do, what do you call it the not the paper ballots but the electronic ballots uh-huh. are like an iPad yeah so you know people are going to worry be worried about other people touching it mm. I usually prefer that one yeah. I don't like the written ballots that much but Wash. sometimes if I'm at my at my polling station there's like an elderly elderly person using it and they take so long <laughs> to touch it it so might be me I know. <laughs> <laughs> one time I was behind <laughs> one time I'm like who is this person they're taking so long and turn around as a neighbor. <laughs> Ouch! And I was like, "Oh, hey!" I was like, like muttering under my breath, like, well, "Hurry up!" And I'm usually a pretty patient person, but they're taking so long, and yeah. we only had like one tablet. Uh, yeah, no, I urge everybody wash your hands before and then wash your hands yes. afterwards. Uh, and by the way, you have sanitizer in uh, the studio if you need it, uh, Romana. Okay. I'll use it. After. Um, speaking of sanitizer, uh, there it is right there uh, the coronavirus. You worked from home. Talk about that. Uh, well, yesterday was the first day that. The Sun-Times staff, we actually were asked to work from home as a trial basis in case we have to. Then we got a note that said, yesterday, we got a note that said, we all have to work from home starting Monday. But then we just got an email a few minutes ago that said, if you feel 
you know, comfortable, more comfortable working at the office, you can come to the office, but they're encouraging everybody to work from home. So I personally have never worked from home full time. Yesterday was my first day that I actually worked full time from home. I always thought of myself as someone that won't want to work from home because I like talking to people and, you know, getting up and just like, you know, bumping into people in the bathroom and having a conversation. Um, I feel like I need that atmosphere to be more disciplined, but I was actually okay. The only thing is like, so on Wednesday, um, my husband who works for ProPublica, McDumkey, he, I picked him up after work. He's like, well, we're going to have to fight for office space in the house. I'm like, oh, great. You have to work from home too. And so I just, the only reason, and I'm not saying I couldn't, I can't, I can work next to him. We actually worked at the Sun-Times together, but when we worked together, I was at the courthouse and he was here. And then when I became a full-time editor, he was like in this little office with other, the other investigative reporter. So I barely saw him. So, I mean, we never really <laughs> sat next to each other yeah. working together, but I told him, okay, so I'm, this is very true with most men and women and most couples. Like we disagree on the thermostat in the house yeah. and, and he thinks yeah. like when it's cold outside, he opens the window and I'm someone that gets cold really fast. So I was like, well, I'm telling you now, I don't want the window open. <laughs> and, but I told him yesterday was okay because it was okay. The window and we, are, we, we have two big windows where I was working in the kitchen. And then I also told him, I don't want to hear music all day. And I, you're not playing your albums. <laughs> Wait, Mickey, listen, that's my, you're supposed to be working. I listen. Listen, to I like, no, but he needs music. He like, I, I told, I, I actually talked to his colleagues. I saw him at a holiday party. I always, he invites me to the holiday party and, and I know half of the staff cause more than half the staff cause they all were Tribune reporters. And some of them I was friends with before Mick knew him. So I was like, now tell me the truth. Does Mick like have his headphones on the whole day? And he sits on a BOSU ball. That's his chair at work. You know, a ball and an exercise ball. You're he kidding. sits. He sits on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, is Mick sitting on the ball, listening to music all day? And like, tell me the truth. And he he does. So wow. so, so I he told me he'll wear his headphones. I don't mind. Listen, like it makes it sound like I really hate music. I love music, but I'm not one of those people that need music all the time. He listens to music all the time. Well, so I just told him I'm like, well, and so then I, at some point, so I went to go. I went and ran, ran an errand. Okay, I got one to get my eyebrows threaded, by the way, during my break. And so then, that's one thing good about working from home, doing my little things. So we just had to, we had to tell people, you know, we're on Slack. Uh -huh. I'm sure a lot of your listeners know what that is. It's a messaging really annoying system. Thing. Ben even knows what it is. Well, we have to use it. And so, you know, there's so a city annoying. desk. And so we're told like when we leave, because I'm an editor, uh -huh. I think it was probably harder for reporters because, you know, you get assigned and you have to go out and do something. So... And I was in my pajamas. I'm one of those people that I'm like, I'm going to be in my pajamas if I work from home. And Mick is totally the opposite. He was like, he he's like goes swimming and he comes back and he's like wearing regular clothes. I was wearing my pajamas. So I come back after my getting my eyebrows threaded and uh, Mick is sitting there on a conference call, video conference call at work. And so I'm trying to make my, I can't, I have to make myself a sandwich. So then I'm like, okay, so I have to be really quiet. And then I'm like, I don't want to get caught on camera with my pajamas yeah. on. So um, I tweeted about it <laughs> uh -huh. and then Mick responded and then we we're going back and forth. And then somebody's like, keep this Twitter thread going. Cause Mick is like, I said something like, I don't think it's good for couples to be working from yeah. home together. I was going to say, find Romana at her local library here in a week or two. <laughs> no, this is a sitcom. Uh, and then Ramana. I said, I, I, I'm trying to make my grilled cheese while staying quiet. And then, you know, then Mick responded. He was sitting there and he responded because he was getting all frustrated because he was doing FOIAs. I can't say for who, 
But, you know, while he's doing this, he's getting all frustrated. And, the de- you know, it was like a state department. So I mean, like a state agency. So I was like, oh, let me give you the cell number of the press guy. So I'm sharing, like, information with him. He's a reporter, too. So, yeah. I mean, so a journalist, too. So anyway, so we were going back and forth. And then Mick is like, let's stop this thread now because I need to, I haven't eaten lunch yet. It was like three o'clock. And then he came up to me, started tickling me. So then I'm like, then I just wrote on Twitter. I'm like, maybe if you stop tickling me, you can get, and then so, so then, he, then he like sits down and he's like, oh, you cross the line. Now people think we're not working. And then he got, he turned all red. And he's like all embarrassed. I'm like, well, you did come and tickle me. I'm not lying about it. People are going to think we're not working because we tickled each other. I didn't tickle him. He's not tickled. She came and tickled me. So, so, you're- so Tina, I was just telling my friend slash colleague, Tina, about how Mick was all embarrassed. And she's like, what a nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. Oh, I shouldn't have said her name. I shouldn't have out her. Yeah. Sorry, Tina. You were, <laughs> she's out. Tina's Fondellas, that Tina. She told me to keep my threads up. She's like, oh, you have to keep telling You have to keep tweeting about your experience working with Mick. You know, it's... Uh, I, I'm getting a kick out of listening to you tell the story because I'm in the re- the reverse. Uh, for almost 40 years, I worked out of my house. And so you know that. Yeah, well, my, when I when I announced way back when in the, the Reagan administration that I was going to be working from my house, my mother, may she rest in peace, was very concerned. And she said, you're going to pick up bad habits. This is my mother who's worked her whole life. Yeah. Uh, she's a school teacher. And she would, you know, so she's used to getting up early, going to work. And she goes, you're going to uh, stop bathing. You're going to stop uh, getting dressed in the morning. You're going to be wearing your pajamas. you got to keep your pattern. God yeah. bless you, mom. And so get up, take a bath, take a shower, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, make sure that nothing changes. And uh, I realized that she was kind of right. Like when you yeah. work at home... Dennis knows this because, like, Mondays when I'm, I work at home, uh, I write the column. I'm in pajamas till about 3.30. <laughs> Dennis, are you up yet? You done with that column yet? Uh, and then part of the thing, I've told you this, when you work at home, get used to talking loud. I'm a loud person anyway. I, I talk loud, too. Yeah, you and I are in a, And so, I, like, when I come here to, the, like, a real office, the Sun-Times, people are looking around, they're so loud, <laughs> But dude. they're loud, too. There's, a, there's different sets of people who are very loud. And so some of them are my, my friends and other They must be people. hanging around with you because whenever I walk through, they all look good. Well, there was someone that used to talk, that talks a lot and is still friends with me. And she works out of the office part time. And we used to sit next to each other. So we said, this is in the old other building or, or Leeds years ago. But I have a colleague. I mean, I have a former colleague who now works at uh, WBZ, Michael Lansu. And he said that he used to work, he used to live with a guy that worked from home. And that guy used to wake up and wear a dress shirt and a tie just to get into that <laughs> mode. But actually, I'm someone who does like dressing up and stuff, like for events. So I'm yeah. like, it's not like I'm gonna let go of myself. I mean, well, between, we'll the, but the, <laughs> between the two of us. We shall see. Between Mick and I, I have to say, I, I think I put, I mean, Mick dresses up too, but he's like, oh, you know, he thinks gym shoes are dress shoes and I don't but I but between when it comes to working from home I feel like oh you could just totally relax and well, wear your this pajamas. is gonna be interesting uh, so you, I'll be tweeting yeah and uh if like I said I announced earlier our show will go on I don't know uh we're planning still to do the show from uh, this studio we have a whole line of guests coming in but if necessary we have the equipment so yeah. we could take and if it you hear the road. brown line every 10 minutes on one of our shows we're at ben's house <laughs> and i'm in my pajamas yeah uh, no but please you put dress pants up. on if oh, we said, do this you said you dress up i mean you said you put your you put like street clothes on so well no but th- it was okay you're i'm 
I did this for over 30 years. So when I started, I was, yes, mom, I'm gonna do it the way you wanna do yeah. it, blah, blah, blah. And then as time went on, I began to follow the pattern, particularly on deadline day, yeah. like, like a really tough deadline day and I wake up and oh my God, I gotta do this story and I'm freaking out, yelling at everybody in the house. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's like an all-nighter back in college days. So it's, I've grown to like coming to the studio. Uh, I never thought I would say this, like going to some place. I talk to you on the phone when I'm coming in. Yeah, I'm know? like that too. I, I Like I said, I think I'm one of the, you know, Mick, when at some point the reader, when they were attached, when we, the Sun-Times owned the reader, he, I think the office kind of clo- became smaller. And so he started working from home and he said he really likes it. And he does work from home once a week yeah. on Fridays, but now he has to work. And this is obviously, we didn't, I don't know if we mentioned, but this is because of the coronavirus, yes. which has toppled all of my plans. Well, I was supposed to go to Portugal on Tuesday with my younger sister and a friend. And this whole time we're like, we'll be fine. But we're kind of like, maybe we shouldn't pack all the way. And then Donald Trump made that announcement on Wednesday and it was all confusing because you know Mick standing in front of the TV and he goes, "Sorry," <laughs> and then when the NCAA and all the NBA games got canceled, he's like, "This is how I, this I guess this is how you feel." I'm like, uh, "Traveling to Europe is totally different than your games," well, but let's, let's, but no, I know I I know it probably feels it just feels like everybody's just being you know everybody's everybody's plans change. One of Mick's friends was supposed to come. Out. And stay with us for a few days in April, early April. He's stuck in Italy. And he's like, even when I come back from Italy to New York, I'm going to have to self-quarantine for a couple of days. It's a very, we've never had this happen before in our lifetime, at least not in my lifetime. So it's, it's an interesting time. And Donald Trump said, we're going to have no travel from Europe. Yeah. And so our alert said no travel to and from Europe. This is a Sun-Times alert. So that's what I thought. Like nobody could go to Europe and nobody. And then it turns out like his Department of Homeland Security and then he said, talked about cargo and goods and they're like, oh no, you know, this is, doesn't apply to U.S. citizens. So it's like, so I can go overseas and then what if I come back? Or what if the EU doesn't want me there? Because they had no idea he was going to say this. Yeah. No. It was just a interesting, it was just like so many misfacts. And so I, we, even though Americans are exempt, my sister and friend and we're just saying, you know, what if we just come back and there's like they decide to like ban everybody from coming back because I think Americans are trying to come back. So it's it's kind of I'm kind of sad. I know it's a first world problem, but I was looking forward to it. I was going to leave on election night, but no, I, like, I mean, it. listen, in the total scheme of things, it's not. Yes, it's, there's it, people who are getting sick. Right. So. And and I we all understand that. Uh, but and I'm going to talk about Donald Trump for a moment here. <laughs> Um, Did you think he looked I think bad I, okay. on TV? So yesterday... Uh, I mean, not that he's I had, a handsome man or anything like that. I thought it was one of the weirdest performances I've ever seen. So yesterday, I, I, I just saw a snippet of it. Uh, and uh, I didn't have the opportunity to absorb the full thing from start to finish. And then there's clips of the after speech. I don't know if you've seen those clips. No. Okay, there's after... I'll watch. Yeah. Anyway, so it was one of the most robotic performances I've ever seen. He was reading it like a third grader reading. Uh, this is a, I mean, it was like he was, there was no emotion. It was as though he was going through it the first time. I've been reading articles about it uh, subsequently. They were rewriting the speech up to the last minute. The White House hasn't decided. And then he called it, sorry to bring this up. He called it a foreign yeah. virus. Well, like trying to, I don't know. The, the, okay, so they're struggling with this. They're, they're struggling with acknowledging that we're in a very vulnerable uh, situation. Of course. And that as a, a civilization, the entire world is in this together. But that 
that violates every single principle, if you can call it, that he supposedly believes in, which is we are a superior people and I'm making us even greater than we already were. And everybody else outside us is inferior, especially if their skin is a little different color than the people who vote for me. And so that was one of the things I was thinking. I'm like, okay, first of all, this government doesn't want me in this country. So like, what if I leave? And, you know, they are saying it's all exempt from the U.S. And I'm like, I'm walking by and they're like, no, they don't. Well, we so, got rid of her. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, you can stay in Portugal. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty bizarre. But like, think about this. Because I, so I watched the whole speech. Each part was more bizarre than the other. I could see where they like different aides stitched together different ideas. So they didn't even come together. But like just exempting England and Ireland from. My uh, niece said that he has two golf courses there. But yeah, I don't well, know. No, your niece is right. How <laughs> yeah. old's your niece? She's 25. Oh, I bet she's voting for Kim Fox because that sounds like a person who can see bs from bs she lives in milwaukee and she wants to oh. vote in milwaukee because of the wisconsin being a well, yeah, swing state absolutely she so she's like I'm well, not first gonna... of all she lives in milwaukee no, but, she, but she wasn't mind. she didn't mind voting in chicago but she's like no i'm gonna vote wait in milwaukee. time out. does she live in milwaukee yeah she, she lives live in... in milwaukee all right let's just get that straight <laughs> yeah, okay suddenly the uh Donald Trump's police are kind of knock at her door. Where do you live? Uh, but anyway, it was very bizarre speech. The delivery was bizarre. The the ideas stitched together, which were like taken parts from Steve Stephen Miller's insane view of the world, yeah. uh, and then parts from like the the rational scientist. Like there's one scientist in the Trump administration. What a lonely guy that is. Then Jared Kushner's throwing in his ideas. Uh, Ivanka's throwing in uh, her ideas, and. Uh, so, um, yeah, very bizarre speech. Do you think he was tested? Because, you know, he was with yes, that Brazilian. Absolutely. But do you think he maybe has it? Uh, I don't know. That's a whole other question. But oh, that's, just, let's just get to I was this. just saying because some people noticed that he seemed really nervous. and. Well, you know, I have to give a shout out to Robert Peters. State Senator Robert Peters was on the show a couple of days ago. And we were discussing whether, whether Donald John Trump was tested. And Donald John Trump said, no, he's not tested. And uh, so he's trying to show that, A, he doesn't take this thing seriously. B, only wimps get tested, yeah, which is the exact macho, yeah. wrong message you should be sending out. But three, as Robert Peters says, he's a freaking coward. So if he has access to a test, this is the most privileged, pampered guy in the world, okay, who's got uh, elected president of the United States, even though he couldn't... He, he, he couldn't pass a basic skills test to be president. You're telling me he wouldn't take advantage of a test? That no, would t- I think he I think he probably did take it, but would never admit it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's just my take. That's an it. opinion. That's, <laughs> That's just sorry. an opinion. She's got opinions, people. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, of course. But yeah, but it's just. It's an interesting time. So I just don't know if this government knows what it's doing. So that's why I had to cancel plans. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've had to cancel plans. Um, Incidentally, Mm -hmm. um, there's a former Sun-Times reporter, Monifa Thomas, who is six months pregnant. She lives in Texas now, but her shower is tomorrow, her baby shower. I'm one of the Sun-Times people invited and former, you know, a few of my former Sun-Times colleagues are invited too, but she flew in from Texas last night and she just was in the newsroom a few day, a few minutes ago because I told her I'm like I was wondering if you're going to come in and she's like you know I read up on her her mom's a health official too mm-hmm. and I, I think one of the things that's interesting about this I mean we definitely have to take coronavirus seriously like I think we should take all the precautions but I think the one thing to do is not be hysterical either 
But I mean, I, I my mom, I kept my mom from flying to Texas because she was going to go to Texas on Wednesday. So me and my siblings are like, maybe she shouldn't go. She was going to go with my older sister because a family friend of ours had a sister who passed away who my mom also knew. So she wanted to go. And I, I got to tell you this. I struggle with this. I'm in the You're middle. right. You're absolutely right. We should not uh, <clears throat> be, get hysterical about these things. And look, I keep coming to the studio. Uh, yeah. You know, and the thing just, is, I... Monifa has uh, her mom is a doctor and mm -hmm. it's like I find people who have healthcare professionals uh, in their families they're a little more I've never been a hypochondriac my dad was a doctor and but he's also from a poor village in India so he's always tell us he's like you know it's good to be cautious but like this over cleaning and like this is like for just general life not with you yeah. know my dad passed away but he he was just like laugh at people who would be like overly zealous he's like you're supposed to be exposed to certain germs when we'd go to india in the winter my dad's like you don't need vaccines you'll be fine okay you're and now edging into donald trump country <laughs> no, no, right? no 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 because i'm saying you have to stay in the middle i'm saying there's some people that i know who are very like everything is germy like everything what remember the jack nicholson movie he was the, he he was a germaphobe what was that movie you know it was no i it don't was your era it was the 90s anyway he was always watching no his, no no. it's good to be like you Helen know what I mean? hunt was in the movie with him oh i knew like, that would she's a waitress or, or something was she a waitress i can't remember anyway and he like makes her a better man or something yeah something like that anyway the so point like, is if there, there was that era of bad jack nicholson movies but no, no, I, cleaning your hands is yeah, good. Okay. My dad was a surgeon, so he was cleaning his hands. One thing I've noticed, I don't but... want to give away any secrets about the Sun Times restroom. <laughs> <laughs> we have oh, soft we soap. We here? have soft soap now. They have like a different oh, soap. Oh, man, these guys are washing their hands like crazy in the Sun Times. <laughs> a little bit of scrub a dub a dub a, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, I never see you guys scrub your hands so much, but I would always be the one because I'm like a little heading in. Yeah, that's into... good. You're probably more. Like... I'm heading there. I'm yeah. heading there. So and I'm freaking I, out. Like I said, I. I grew up from a family, <laughs> my parents who came from India, but my mom used to say, I should have taught you guys to wash your hands more often because you guys aren't that. And I was once in a car in India too. Like my cousins from the village picked me up at an airport and it was like two hours away from um, my dad's village. And they picked up some neighbors who needed a ride. And they're like, this is 2011. And they're like, yeah, you know, we just, we had the bird flu. We have, you know, they had the bird flu and they're sitting next to me. So I'm just saying I've been exposed to all, but I'm, I'm cautious. I'm not, I'm not Donald Trump. Trust me, I'm not Donald You're Trump. You're right. I could say that. She is not Donald Trump. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I come from, I'm not a germaphobe, I guess. And I, I am washing my hands. I just want people to know when I'm going to the gym, some people are not going to the gym. I still am going to the gym, but I'm wiping everything down. And then they have hand sanitizer too. So I'm cleaning my hands and wiping my, making sure I don't touch my face. All right, face now, uh, Nidia Karanza, our next guest is in the studio. We're going to bring on real soon. Uh, and uh, after Nidia, we have Sergio Mims. He's coming in, a uh, film critic extraordinaire, uh, the co-founder of the uh, Black Harvest Film Festival, knows more about movies than any man alive. And so we'll be talking, doing a lot of movie recommendations. People locked in uh, because coronavirus, they don't feel like going out. They're skipping concerts, et cetera. So concerts are being canceled. Concerts more are than being canceled. Yes. Somebody told me my, our wedding reception would have been canceled. Oh, my God. Pritzker would have shut that down. I was at that wedding reception. I think every person from Skokie was at that <laughs> wedding reception. The place was packed. Uh, and Indian uh, weddings, yeah. Would young Mick Dumkey at the center of it all. <laughs> By the way, I just have to say this. Ramana's brother 
guy's a great, he's hilarious, D. This guy is funny. He's a stand-up routine. And he was like doing a little like Don Rickles insulting the audience. Yeah, he said he wanted to make it a roast. He's oh, like, my God. He said, I'm going to make fun of journalists. Yeah, well, they're easy to make fun of, and they're very vulnerable. All right, now, uh, before I let you go, what movie or TV show do oh. you recommend to the masses who are locked in their I don't know, houses? because I was planning to leave, go out of town. So I am fin- finishing up Narcos. Are you going to watch Contagion again? Never watched it. Wasn't that filmed in, I think part of it was filmed in Skokie, which you mentioned a few minutes. Was Kate Winslet in that? Uh, yes, she was in yeah, that. Yeah, so that, there's this one science like institute or something yeah. near this uh, yellow line. I think they used it in the movie. Uh, I'll Google it and look wow. it up, but I remember they're filming there. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good flick. It'll scare the heck out of you right now, consider everything. But Howard Ehrman, who's going to be our bonus guest, he's a, a doctor, and we're going to take a deep dive on coronavirus. He said, hey, you know, as to, to prepare for the interview, watch Contagion. And so I didn't get an opportunity to watch again. But uh, anyway, uh, Ramana Hussein, thank you very much for stopping thank in. Thank you for having me. Uh, we don't know where we'll be doing the show next Friday, but I'm pretty sure you will be on it somehow or other. How about that? Uh, I can't. Right. We can't make fun of Mick because we'd probably be in the background. Oh, <laughs> even better. <laughs> yes. When has that ever stopped us? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway, all right. Thank you, Ramana. Uh, thank Nidia you. Carranza on deck. We'll bring her on when we return.